This is episode number 296 with New York Times best-selling author Jack Canfield. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And it's my intention to bring you incredible guests each and every episode or incredible ideas to move you to the next level in your business, your life, your relationships, your spirituality, wherever you're looking to go. That's the intention for this. And I continue to get so many of you that come up to me, that say hi to me on the streets or they message me online on social media that tell me your stories of transformation from the interviews that you listened to that really helped you get to your next level. So if you are inspired by this podcast, if you're getting results in your life, please share them with me on my contact form at lewishouse.com. Send me a tweet, a Snapchat, leave a comment on our YouTube channel at YouTube slash Lewis House. Let me know how things are going in your life and your business because of the School of Greatness podcast. You know, I meet so many incredible people, but I never know who's listening until you reach out and let me know. So please say hi, make sure to follow me online, and leave a comment wherever I post my information. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this community, and please share these episodes out with your friends to bring the greatness to more people. Again, this is lewishouse.com slash 296 for this specific episode. If you want to share this out with your friends, and we have all the show notes and additional resources on each show note page. Our guest today is Jack Canfield. Now, Jack is an incredible guy. I've had him on before. It was an extremely successful episode. We'll have that linked up as well. And he knows what motivates, drives, and inspires people to do the impossible. He's a Harvard graduate with a master's degree in psychological education and one of the earliest champions of peak performance. He's also the co-founder of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and author of The Success Principles. And we talk about overcoming addiction in this episode, specifically alcohol addiction. We've got a new book on, but this is all addictions and really how this affects our lives. And even if you don't think you have an addiction, maybe it's not alcohol related, you might have some other addiction that you're not even aware of. But there are lots of people that are surrounded in our lives who do face addiction where you could support those individuals as well through this message. And some of the things we cover today are why you eat more when you drink alcohol, why that happens, the big myths behind drinking that aren't true. In fact, the opposite is true. How alcohol and sugar addiction are so closely connected, the subconscious fears that keep us from choosing sobriety essentially sobriety and anything, how to get your friends to support you and not drinking if you are drinking, plus some crazy statistics about cancer related to drinking for women, and so much more about overcoming addiction. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's going to be a powerful one. And again, make sure to share with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 296. And without further ado, let me introduce you to the one and only Jack Canfield. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? 
These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit airforce.com to learn more. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatest Podcast. Super excited about our guest today. His name is Jack Canfield. Thanks so much for coming on, Jack. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thank you appreciate for having it. me. I love it, Lewis. Yes, and he's got a new book out. It's called The 30-Day Sobriety Solution. I want to make sure you guys go check this out. It's out right now, and it's an awesome book, so go check this out. It's How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home. And Jack, for those who don't know, he's also got another book called The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. We covered this, the 10-year anniversary of this, on another uh, podcast and video. So we'll have that linked up somewhere in here and linked up below on the show notes. This is an incredible book. I read this, I think it was eight or nine years ago, and it definitely was an inspiration for me. You're also a what, 40 or 50-time New York Times bestselling author for Chicken Soup for the Soul series. 500 million copies, I believe, sold. That's right. It's incredible. It's like, has anyone else sold that many copies of a book or books? I think maybe the Bible. The Bible. What about the um, Harry Potter? What what is? I think Harry Potter is right up there, but I don't know the exact number. Who and, knows? Yeah, yeah. But f- was it? Is it forty times? Do you even know the amount of times it's been on the New York Times? Forty-seven bestsellers on 47 the New York Times. Forty-seven bestsellers, different yeah. books. Yeah. Has anyone had more? Well, books than and that? the most fun part. This we had at one time. We had seven chicken soup books on the New York Times list at one on one day. <laughs> we have a Guinness Book World Record for that. Amazing. And they only put ten in the top you know on the list, right? There's an extended list, but right. that's unbelievable. Do you remember the other three? I don't. Okay. <laughs> it was irrelevant. <laughs> it wasn't that interesting to me. I was too excited about ours. Amazing. Cool. Well you've got this new book out and um I want to talk about a number of things, drinking and addiction with drinking, but also addiction in general. Mm-hmm. Because I think uh more people you know, are addicted to things than we know about. True. We were just talking about how people are addicted to video games or eating a specific food every single day or just addicted to getting angry on the road every time they drive. They don't know how to be peaceful. Right. And so well, they're addicted to sex. They're addicted yes. to television. They're addicted to gambling. They're Working addicted to workaholism, day, yes. shopping addictions, mm, all yes. kinds of addictions. So I think it's a really important and relevant topic for us, even if you don't think you're you know, you're not addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. You were even giving me statistics earlier about um, how women, something about giving me the statistic with women and breast cancer. If you, even if you're not addicted or you're getting drunk all the time, but they're well, still. We're, we're, we talk in the book about the 30 day 
sobriety challenge. Mm-hmm. And while this was originally written by myself and my co-author Dave Andrews, who was an, a full-blown alcoholic mm-hmm. who relapsed three times and until he found the human potential movement and realized through my book and Tony Robbins and Brian wow. Tracy and others that were alternatives, he literally was driving his car and someone gave him a Tony Robbins tape and he said, why aren't they teaching this in rehab? This is what we need to learn. <laughs> right. And so he started applying all this in his own life. And as a result of that, got sobered and started the coaching program. We have an 80% uh, success rate with that coaching program, Amazing. which we turned into uh, this book, which also as a book has an 80% uh, success rate. And now I forgot your question. Cause I, um, give the, the link with alcohol, oh, yeah. drinking and women. So what happens is with the 30 day uh, sobriety challenge, we're saying, even if you're not an alcoholic, but you just drink a lot, uh, we know that excessive drinking is, is considered 13 or more drinks a week. If you have three glasses of wine every night, which would be splitting a bottle of wine with your friend, your, mm-hmm. your, your husband, whatever, uh, you, you, you fall in that category. And we know so what's that. What's the difference between excessive drinking and alcoholic? Well, an alcoholic is defined as someone basically where they, they can't stop once they start. Often they'll drink until they pass out. Wow. Or they'll drink to where they become dysfunctional. They become the kind of person everyone goes, my God, you're slurring your words. You're not safe to drive. Mm-hmm. They get DUIs. They, their boss has trouble, like you need, right. need to quit coming to work hungover. Some people are drinking at work, you know, but pulling out of their drawer. Gotcha. Um, but an excessive drinker is 13. If you drink six drinks a week, if you're a woman, you have a 40% higher incidence of breast cancer. If you drink up to 10 drinks, it goes up to 70% higher chance of getting breast cancer. So just the health benefits. One of the things that's coming out of, of England is research that if you stop drinking for 30 days, much like I do a, a fast every every quarter for mm-hmm. two or three days, sometimes a week, where I just drink, you know, vegetable juices or vegetable broth or soup broth, whatever. And, um, you know, it cleans out the liver. It cleans out the kidneys. You you wake up brighter. You get le- You need less sleep and so forth. And so we're saying just cut back. And what they're finding is people are living longer. That's clearing out their kidneys. It's, it's the arterial sclerosis is being reversed. Mm. Um, you know, people are having all kinds of, um, uh, more energy. They're losing weight. Um, I, I decided as part of this book that I would go 30 days. I'm a social drinker. I have Uh three alcohol, well, four alcoholics in my family, my mother, my father, and my sister and my brother. Uh, and the reality is, and I have two children who are alcoholics as uh, well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both sober and they've been in yeah. sobriety and all that for about eight to 10 years. But the reality is it skipped me for whatever reason. I didn't have a problem. I can drink socially. But I said, I'm going to quit drinking for 30 days just to be part of the book. Right. I lost, uh, I did it for two months in a row, actually, and I lost 15 pounds. Amazing. And I did a little more exercise, which is one of the things we say in the book. One of the challenges with cutting out any addiction, whether it's watching TV or whether it's drinking or whether it's playing video games for three hours, so you're not talking to your wife, you're not playing with your children, all the stuff, that, you know, you're not doing your homework. Or quitting smoking. You're, you're, other you're not learning a language. Yeah. You're, you know, all the things you could be doing that are useful is that when you stop, you have all this extra time, <laughs> you know. And at first that can be a little disconcerting. But the reality is I, I got... I needed less sleep. I was getting more done. I was. I started writing more blogs. I was mm-hmm. spending more time with my wife. I was exercising more, which is one of the other reasons I lost more weight. And when you drink, what happens is, and this is true with drinking drugs and marijuana, that you eat more. 
you know, because your willpower goes down. In other words, you, you go out and you're going to, I'm not going to eat dessert, but then you have two glasses of wine. <laughs> oh, wow, what the hell? I'll have dessert. Right, right, you know? right. And so you're eating all these extra calories and you're eating the, you weren't going to eat the rolls and the butter, but then you did because you had the two cocktails before. Right. So there's so many benefits that come from this. And then we say, if you want to, you can go back to drinking. What we're finding, if you do the processes in the book, because it says 30 day solution, there are 30 solutions on how to revector your life mm-hmm. so that you don't desire to drink anymore. Right. And so what happens as you start doing these, you find out that the, 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 the craving for alcohol actually disappears for most people mm. and the craving for whether it's food. Most of the things that we do that are addictions are to numb out our anxiety, to numb out our pain, to numb out the memories of trauma, to numb out our discomfort around being people in a social, being with people in a social situation, the fear that I won't have fun. I won't be interesting. I'm more relaxed. I'm more fun, you know? Uh, And that's the big myth is I won't have a fun life. What we're finding is people are actually having more fun Mm -hmm. because they start doing things that like they take music lessons, they take the guitar lessons, they take, they go to Toastmasters. Salsa dancing. Salsa whatever, dancing. Yeah. yeah, my wife and I just went to a um, country western bar the other night mm-hmm. and was learning line dances. Yeah. It was a kick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Line <laughs> yeah. dancing is fun. Line dancing, totally fun. You know, the thing that blew me away is there's about, I don't know, 12 or 15 different ones that everyone does, and they all know all the they steps. They know everything. You know? It's unbelievable. Blows me away. Well, we learn most of them, but not perfectly. Yeah, but, exactly. But when you come out, you're like, you're just high off the dancing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, so why 30 days? Why not a year or six months or 60 well, days? What's, here's the, the, what's the point? Here's the deal. We say 30 days. There's 30 solutions. You could do it every other day for 60 days. You could do it every third day for 90 days. Some mm-hmm. people are doing one solution a week for 30 weeks. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that what we found is that with our online coaching program that started this whole thing and we, before we turned it into a book, in 30 days was enough to get people to where they didn't want to drink anymore mm-hmm. or they knew they could cut back or they knew they couldn't cut back because they tried and said, no, I have to quit. Right. And so uh, each solution builds one on the other over time. And it's a very systematic. It's like knowing the combination to a lock. If you know the numbers in the right order, in the right sequence, in the right way, right. the lock opens. Sure. You've got these uh, lockers behind you. You know, one of the big challenges for kids in school <laughs> is remembering their locker exactly. number. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever have that dream? This is a dream I had when I was 50 years old. I, I was back at my school and I couldn't remember my locker combination. Mm. And everyone's opening their lockers and I'm totally lost, you know. You're scared. <laughs> scared and then I think it's just somehow we've lost the the, the formula for success and mm. I think it's what that dream is about interesting I yeah. like that yeah now when people when you say 30 solutions well let me just say one more thing because yeah. you said why not a year yep there are 30 solutions but we're not saying you do 30 days and you're done we're saying there's about 14 of these that you want to keep doing as a daily discipline after the 30 days to keep yourself on track. Can you give me some examples of a few of the solutions and what people would be doing? Sure. One of the things we do on the first day is an NLP technique where we want to basically associate drinking with negativity and pain and associate not drinking with joy and pleasure. Because most people associate mm-hmm. not drinking with pain and drinking, drinking with, with pleasure. With pleasure. Yes. And so we look at your life as it is as you're currently drinking and say, if you keep doing this for five years, what is your life going to look like in terms of your weight, your health, your job and career, your relationships, your your kids, and so on and so forth. And, and mostly when you honestly look at that, it doesn't look all that great. And so we have you visualize that and really see it and feel the feelings of it. And then yes. we have you do the opposite and take it out five years, what would be happening in your life if you were not drinking and you were healthier, happier, exercising, spending more time with your kids, sober, writing your book, whatever. And so 
and then we have you actually revisit that on a regular basis yeah. throughout the program so that by the end of it, you literally see that one of the big myths about getting rid of an addiction is willpower. Willpower is useful. It takes willpower to sit down and do these mm-hmm. lessons. But willpower is like if you do willpower alone and you don't deal with the underlying cause of why you're drinking, there's a why you're drinking. If you don't address that, and we address that through a number of exercises like the total truth process, the EFT tapping techniques, we can mm-hmm. go into all that later. Um, what happens is, we use this metaphor, you're driving a boat and you're going north and you want to go east. So you the boat's on automatic pilot going north. Mm-hmm. And now we take it with power, we turn it to the east, and we just keep holding this wheel like that, and we're going east. But as soon as we let go of the wheel, what happens? It's going back north. Automatic yeah. pilot takes over, we go north again. So we want to reprogram the automatic pilot mm. instead of just the willpower of I'm not going to drink. You get to the point where I don't want to drink. I mean, I went through the 60 days, I told you, without drinking, and then I started drinking a little bit again, you know, I think when was it, Valentine's Day, just a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and I woke up the next morning, I didn't feel as good, and I'm going like, I got 600 bottles of wine in my wine cellar, I'm thinking like, <laughs> I'm not buying anymore, because I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to keep drinking as much as I used right, to drink, because right. it's just not serving me, sure. and I wouldn't have been aware of that if I hadn't stopped, you know, having mm-hmm. that glass of wine every night with dinner or whatever, so, um, so that's one technique we talked right. about. Another technique is getting in touch with your core values. We all have core values. You know, it might be family, it might be adventure, it might be love, it might be authenticity. And then look at what is my drinking doing to the expression of those core values? Mm-hmm. Well, when I drink, I'm ashamed, I lie about it. Well, there goes integrity out the window, yeah. you know. And I say I'm loving, but then I'm taking money that I could be spending for my family and I'm buying drinks for everyone at the bar. I'm buying $100 bottles of wine for dinner uh, or 30 or, you know, Thunderbird if right. it's on the only right, <laughs> right, afford right. it, whatever. But the point is, I'm usually violating those values, mm-hmm. okay? And then we create what we call your your 30-day sobriety <laughs> vision. What do you want to look like 30 days from now? What, what, what's the outcome you're looking for? And we know that if we visualize every day the outcome we want, mm-hmm. what happens is that the subconscious mind begins to figure out how to make that happen. Right. Most people are not visualizing. Or if they are, they're visualizing the happy hour. Can't wait to get to the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm visualizing, oh, when the weekend finally comes, I can kick back and get with my buddies and we'll get drunk and have a good time. I mean, this is kind of the college thing. I have right. a 26-year-old stepson who's now just getting to the place where he realizes – there's more to life than that. Yeah. That's not working too well for yeah, me. Yeah. He's working for a financial analyst company uh-huh. and he's coming to work a little hungover on Monday and his wife's saying, I think you're drinking too much. And if he gets a little cantankerous, doesn't get into fights anymore, which he did in college. Sure. Uh, but, you know, he's going, I think I need to shift this. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a way to begin doing that. Uh, you know, to jump ahead in the book, what, Solution 13 is tapping. Mm. And tapping is this wonderful technique yes. where you tap on acupuncture points on yeah. the head and the, and the chest and under the arm. Nick Ordner's done a great job of bringing that to the, the masses. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's wonderful, we have a free companion website for for the book. Mm-hmm. And literally that companion website is everything that used to be in a thousand dollar coaching program. Sure. So for the price of a book, you're really getting a thousand dollar coaching program Amazing. for free. And what happens is we have Nick Ortner doing a tapping sequence for uh-huh. people. We also have a guy named Dawson church, who's one of Nick's the cronies and friends and, and mentors. And so they're both doing tapping and you can tap on the anxiety that's making you drink. You can tap on the craving. You can literally disappear craving. Mm. We took a group of people had them have chocolate and take the little uh, foil off the kisses, smell it, put it mm. back down, 
glass of alcohol and uh, other things that you know people crave sugar candy sure, bar sure. whatever and and we and they're like all they're just salivating right <laughs> and after about seven minutes of tapping they didn't want any of it wow because you know and you, you know when you get that craving for something i just need that chocolate oh, or i need that you know whatever um you know, for me it's chocolate and candy and sweets that's yeah, like my thing sweets. and here's the issue with alcohol alcohol is basically fermented sugar mm. and so we're all addicted to sugar we drink eat, yeah. and eat way much more sugar and so what happens for most alcoholics when they stop, they become sugar alcoholics. You go to an AA meeting, everyone's eating cookies. And they're replacing it with something, right? They're exactly. They're with something that satisfies a craving. And ultimately, we're saying sugar isn't really great for you. Not a wonderful thing. Uh, we're not, if you need sugar while you're cutting out alcohol, great. But sugar is also an addiction. It is. If you can cut that out, the weight goes off. It's a huge addiction. And Mark Hyman, I don't know if you know Mark. Yeah, he's been on here. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine and, and he wrote a book on sugar. And literally, the moment you eat sugar, within a few minutes, you literally, there's brain cells in your brain that are exploding. Oh. You're killing brain cells. Wow. Not only with alcohol, we all knew that, but just with sugar. Right. And you get that funny little headachey, not headachey, but kind of weird energy feeling in your mm -hmm. head. That's your brain cells Amazing. exploding. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. So what do you think is the number one reason people get addicted to alcohol or addicted to anything in the first place? What's the underlying reason for addiction? Well, there's a discomfort of being in your skin without it. Meaning that I'm, I'm, if, if I had trauma, a lot of people drink because of trauma. 
And so we see a lot of people, they lose their job, their parents get divorced, um, you know, whatever. They get divorced, they get fired, um, they, they were outcasts at school, people tease them, you know, they were bullied, etc. And so alcohol becomes a way to numb out that pain. Uh, for me and my family, you know, we just watched our parents drink. We thought when you're a grown up, mm. you drink. You know, when you're a grown up, you smoke. So we'd all be up with fake cigarettes, you know, right. pretending to smoke because we wanted to be big. And then when my parents would go away for the night, we'd take alcohol and pour it in a glass and then we'd pour some water in so it looks like it was sure. still there. And then we drank it and it was like the worst tasting stuff worst. in the world back then, right? Yeah. But there was this warm feeling that came over and you went, oh, I get it. It feels kind of good. And then you're not worried about school. You're not worried about your girlfriend not liking you, the kids teasing you, all that stuff. So it, it gets rid of those feelings of anxiety, discomfort, pain, awkwardness, mm. not knowing what to do, feeling shy, all of that. And so, and that's true for all the addictions, whether it's food, yeah. you know, we get bad news, we go to the refrigerator, we eat ice cream or we eat, you know, chow down on carbs. Mm -hmm. I think we'll have spaghetti, you know, right. and the same as with gambling. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, with some addictions are addictions to adrenaline. Uh, gambling is why people right. get the adrenaline rush, you know, even though you're losing money at the slot machine, every time you win 96% back and they keep doing that until right. there's nothing left, yeah. you know, um, there's a rush. Mm -hmm. And when the bells ring and the lights are going off and all that flashing is going on, that's what all those machines in Vegas are designed to do. Uh, kids who steal cars, it's not the car. They ditch them. Mm -hmm. It's the adrenaline rush while they're doing them, not getting caught, right. sneaking around, uh, illicit sex, you know, all that stuff, watching porn, hoping you won't get caught. Uh, there's an adrenaline rush that goes with it. Mm. And so your mind is taken off the stuff. The problem is it's like you have a fire alarm up here and it's making a lot of noise. And so you, you cut the wire. Now there's no noise. Ah, pleasure. The heroin rush, you know, the coke rush, the marijuana relaxing. But the problem is there's still a fire. Mm. And just because you cut off the, the, the news that there's a fire, the problem is the next morning you wake up, the anxiety is still there, the pain still there, the trauma hasn't been healed, the mm. rejection hasn't been healed. And you haven't learned the skills you need to handle the emotions of anger and fear and rejection and upset. You haven't learned the mm. skills of creating a relationship that's fulfilling without having to be drunk to do it. Right. And so that's the problem with, with the addiction. It, it, it's a temp. See, someone once said, I think it was, he said, the problem with addictions is they work. Right. That's why everyone's addicted. Right? But they only work temporarily. Mm -hmm. And they work less and less often. And it takes more of the addictive substance to make it work, which is why you're now drinking a whole bottle of vodka at night oh, instead of two drinks. Right. You know, or you need more sex or you need more gambling or you need bigger rushes, you know, to, to, to feel the getting rid of it. It, it, you know, it, it seems like a lot of the things you're talking about with these solutions in here is, is almost a lot of the same things you talk about in success principles. They are. It's a very similar approach to getting yes. what you want in life is also yeah. the same approach to overcoming Exactly. Addiction. They are. Originally, the title of this book was going to be The Success Principles for Alcoholism, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. uh, or The Success Principles for Sobriety. And then what we realized is the 30-day sobriety solution just had a little more cachet right. to sure, it. Sure, you know? Of course, of course. Um, and there's stuff in here that doesn't – I mean, there's some work from other people as well. No, of course, yeah. But, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it looks like, you know, you're talking about uh, using the power of affirmations, uh, confronting your fears. It doesn't seem like that these gimmicky thing. It's really addressing the core root of what – Yes. Everyone needs to to achieve success in their life, but exactly. also to overcome any challenge. In, a dec in, in this case, directly addressing it to alcohol, yes. although you could also write in the word overeating or anything mm -hmm. there. But there are certain fears that go along with not drinking. I won't yeah. be fun. 
uh, people at work. Like if you work in New York in the stock market, everyone goes out and drinks at night. Yes. Uh, a good friend of mine who runs a company called Grocery Ships here in town walked away from $8 million in bonuses from Wall Street. Be- and, and everyone was going, come on, drink, drink, drink. And he knew he couldn't drink anymore. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, give him a hard time. What do you wish? You wimp? Come on, be a man. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the culture. It is. And so it's going to affect my career. I won't know what to do when I'm out with the guys, you know, whatever. But we teach people, you can still go there and you order a club soda mm-hmm. with cranberry juice in it or whatever. And people get off your case because they think you're drinking sure, something. Sure, sure. But the point being that there's a lot of cultural pressure to do these things. And uh, most people don't have the tools. And what yes. we're saying is affirmations related to sobriety, affirmations yes. related to getting rid of the addiction as opposed to just affirmations in general. Right. And what people are saying, and you might know this too, Lewis, is that, you know, most people know these general principles now. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying, well, but apply them to me as a manager. Apply them to me being a good husband. Yes. Apply them to me being a, a world-class skier. Mm-hmm. I want it more niched now. Yes, of course. And so that's, this of book course. is an attempt to do that. Yeah, I love this. And, you know, for me, I've never been drunk in my life. I don't know if I've told you that, but I've never experienced what it feels like to be drunk on alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in college, I played college football. And the same thing happened where every... Uh, weekend after the games, all the guys went out and just got drunk Mm -hmm. and trashed at parties. And they were always pressuring me. They knew that I wasn't going to drink because I'd made a commitment for four years in college. I wasn't going to have a sip of alcohol because I wanted to have every advantage to be the best I could be in football. Yeah. But they still tried to like give me every night. They would just throw drinks at me. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it's, uh, I can only imagine the pressures that people have with drinking from their peers alone. Yeah. Even if they don't want to. Right. They're just like, okay, well, I have one, and then it ends up being three or four because yeah. they want to make, they want to please their friends. So, how do we set up our social circles so that when we do, we do want to go out and spend time with our friends, but when right. they're drinking or they're going out and having a few drinks, maybe we don't want to. But how do we have a conversation with our friends in a way that doesn't turn them off or make them feel like you're better than them or? Mm-hmm. You're too good to drink or something like that, but also so they can relate and understand and not continue to pressure you every time and say, just have one sip. Just try this. What's the conversation we could have with our friends? Well, for me, when I was doing my 60 days and what we recommended people in the book is to just say, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm just doing a little little 30 day experiment in my life to see how it works. And I'm, what I'm finding is, you know, I'm waking up earlier. I'm feeling better, whatever. I'm just going to keep doing that for a while. Um, and it's not about, I'm not one of the guys. You're still one of the guys. You were still one of the football players. Yeah, yeah, you still course. did well, what you ever did yeah. probably did better. And if you were to look back and say, take all those guys on a football team and see where they are right now and compare them to your success. I would bet most of them are not anywhere near <laughs> yeah, exactly. New York times bestseller, yeah, top yeah. 100 podcasts, whatever. So Donald Trump, Never drank. Mm. Tom Cruise never drank. Really? You know, uh, we have a statistic. I can't remember all the names right now, but seven of the top 10 grossing film stars of all time never drank. Wow. Yeah. And a couple of them actually did, well, two did drink and quit. Right. And the rest, uh, Samuel Jackson was a terrible drunk and then he stopped. And once he stopped, that's when his career took off and he's made literally hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I mean, he's an amazing actor. Sure. Plus his little credit card commercials. (laughs) So there's, there's a lot of uh, research on the people that don't drink tend Mm -hmm. to do a little better. Mm -hmm. But I would say the, the, the conversation for me would be, you know, I get it. You think I should be drinking right now? I'm not going to. Thank you very much. I'm really happy the way I am. And, uh, you know, just, 
stop. It's right, not going right. to happen. Exactly. And just let people know. And what happens is people are going to press you like a teenager is going to press yes. you over and over. Can I have the keys to the car? Please have the keys to the yes. car. Come on. And eventually you get that just doesn't lend the keys to the car. Right. You know, it becomes a policy. Like, you know, I don't think many people are offering, you know, Donald Trump a drink. They know he doesn't drink and they right. respect him and they're just going to not do it. Right. So, um, and we actually give some excuses you can give to people on the list sure, on the sure, website, sure. too. They're a little more fun and sexy. But just generally, it's called, it's not against you, it's for me. That's a really good thing when you tell It's somebody, not against you, it's for me? It's not against you, it's for me. You know, when people say, can you do this? You say, no, no. And they say, well, you don't like me, whatever. Say, no, no, I'm not saying, it's not against you. I'm making a decision for me right mm, now. I like I'm, that. I'm just experimenting with this. I'll let you know how it turns out. I like that. That's really powerful. Yeah. Huh. When do you think... Um, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges for people getting started with this process of actually saying, okay, I don't want to drink anymore. Maybe for years they've known it doesn't feel good, but yeah. they're afraid. Fear is the big issue. Okay. Yeah. What's the, what's the thing they're afraid of? They're not going to have that, that crutch. They're, they're afraid. Well, first of all, they're afraid they're never going to drink again. So would you and tell people, people? Yeah. If you tell people you got to go to AA and AA says you never drink again, that's uh-huh. why a lot of people don't go. I mean, they don't go for other reasons, public shame they mm-hmm. don't go for some it's too religious for some people whatever but the big fear is i'll never drink again and if i never drink again i won't have fun again I, it's like life's going to become dull and mm-hmm. boring and i can tell you from my experiment from my kids lives and from dave my co-author you know dave coaches a, a basketball for his daughters he runs marathons he is a speaker mm-hmm. he dances he's a big football fan with the the with the denver team which just won the super yeah, bowl yeah. you know it takes his kids to the park every day i mean he's having a lot of fun mm-hmm. and he thought it would be boring because he had social anxiety as a teenager. And then when he went to college and he drank, all of a sudden he didn't have the social anxiety. He started having more fun. But it wasn't the fact that he wasn't drinking. In other words, nobody's not having fun because they have a deprivation of alcohol in their system. You know? Right. It's like, you know, you're not, you don't have depression because you have a lithium deficiency. You sure, know? sure, sure. You have depression because you're depressing, pushing down on feelings you don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that does come up for people, and it's a valid fear, is that feelings are going to emerge. And perhaps past memories are going to emerge. But if you know what to do with them when they do, which most people don't because we're a psychologically ignorant culture, we didn't learn this stuff in school, then it's scary. What do I do with these feelings? I feel feel like they overwhelm me. I I can't, you know, whatever. My uh, wife's father committed suicide when she was eight. Mm. And uh, one night, four years into our marriage, she just woke up screaming, Daddy, don't do it. All of a sudden, all this pain. If I'd loved my father more, he wouldn't have killed himself. You wow. know, if I'd have been a better daughter. And so, did she want to feel those feelings? Absolutely no. not. But because I knew what to do with them, because there's ways to learn to express them through the, well, you have a thing called the total truth process, where you go through anger, hurt, fear, remorse, and regret, unfulfilled I wants, and then what I do want, and then forgiveness. And if you know that model, you can get to forgiveness and love and release it. With tapping, you can release guilt, you can release shame, you can release fear, and you can release pain, as Nick Ordner's new book yeah. uh, you re- your reference talks about. So if you have the tools, you know you can heal. If you go into the jungle without a gun, you're going into <laughs> Africa without a gun, you're a little concerned. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get eaten too. by a lion or hit by a hippo. <laughs> yeah. But if you've got a guide and a gun, 
Now you know you have the tools to survive yeah. in the jungle. Yes. Most people go into that jungle called sobriety without the tools they need. And most people can't afford the 30000 a month to go to rehab. Most people don't want to take that time off work, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur. You can't mm -hmm. afford it. Uh, mm -hmm. We had one guy. He's a number one of the top sales uh, trainers in America in the real estate world. And I won't mention his name because it's, it's, it's sure. confidential. But he read the book. Uh, when we did it in the beta test and uh, he had not been sober more than 12 days his entire adult life every night wow. drank until he passed out totally ashamed wow. didn't want anyone to know when we sent him the book he he went and got a post office box so it wouldn't come to his homer's office sure. he wrote he wanted two hours of coaching so we did that he wrote a check on a cashier's check so no one would ever know where it went wow and that's how ashamed he was. Wow. That's why he could never get help because he could never go to A. He could never go to rehab. He, I don't even think his wife. He didn't want other people to know. Yeah, didn't yeah. want other people to know. And he's now been sober for four months. Mm. And he's lost weight. He's happier. He feels better when he's running his seminars. More people are coming and enrolling because he's more mm -hmm. wonderful up on stage. He's having more fun, greater sense of humor. Sure. I mean, it's changed his whole life. Amazing. And why do people love the AA approach or the rehab approach and why do they not love it? And, and is there a support group that people will get when they go through this book? Do you guys yeah. have something like that? I have nothing against AA. AA was very helpful to my two sons mm -hmm. for getting sober. AA, there are people there who care about you. They've been through it. They understand it. They give you mentorship. They give, things, yeah, right? they become a sponsor for yeah. you. Both of my sons have now become sponsors for other people. There is a camaraderie. Going through anything alone is really difficult. Any behavioral change. Just, mm -hmm. You just decide to go run every morning. It's tough. It's so much easier if you know Bob's waiting yes. downstairs at 630 outside yeah. your apartment. Yeah. Then you've got the accountability. This okay. guy's going to – where are you, Lewis? And it's easier. You're talking to him. If, right. you know, time goes faster, et cetera. So basically, AA has a lot of value. But a lot of people just won't go. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, and the other thing we talk about with AA is you have to admit over and over. You have to say – in the beginning, you have to get out of denial. I'm an alcoholic. But if you keep referring, if you keep affirming that for Even 30 10 years, years later, 30 years yeah, later, yeah, not great. And huh. the, the challenge with AA, and this was a, a friend of mine named Tommy Rosen who puts on Recovery 2.0, which is a teleseminar for uh -huh. recovery people. And he said when he got his 20-year chip, his sponsor hugged him and said, you're one in 10,000. And he said, only one in 10,000 people who join AA make it to 20 years sober. Wow. And he said, that's when I knew something was wrong. Something was missing. And when I would go to AA meetings with my kids, I would always want to jump up and say, God, let me run an exercise here for you. Wow. If we could all do this meditation, if I could teach you how to breathe and relax, if we could do this thing where you forgive your parents, you could quit having this story about how you've been abused your whole life. You know, yeah, you were, but you need to let it go because this anger is killing you, mm. you know? And so they feel that anger and then they don't know what to do with it and they go out and drink again. They relapse and they relapse and they relapse. And then people feel ashamed to go back to AA because they've relapsed, yeah. you know, because they're supposed to be abstinent 100%. So that's a challenge. And we know that 20, I think it's 29 million people have, they, they say they're in recovery based on a survey that said, did you ever have a problem with drugs and alcohol? And is it gone now? Yes. Mm -hmm. We only have 1.3 million people that belong to AA. So we know people are getting sober without AA. The problem with rehab is that you've got a, well, First of all, AA, somewhere about a 20%, if you can believe the statistics, mm -hmm. recovery. Only 20% of people go, keep going. 20% of people like, go to AA, keep going. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and that, that number is suspect because uh -huh. we don't know how, sure. how clear it is. But let's, let's give it to them. 
rehab, 15 to 30 percent, and that's also a suspect because there's no real long-term longitudinal studies. about recover or uh, 15 to 20 percent? Recover. That's what they say. Rehab. But we have 80 percent, 79.5 percent to be exact recovery rate after five years still sober. Um, you know, from the first coaching program. And now after the book, it's, you know, when we did the beta test, four to five months still sober. So the reality is that with, with rehab, mm-hmm. you go there and I rehab has some challenges. There are some good rehab centers, like there's good therapists and there's bad therapists. But a lot of rehab centers, especially the ones with places like Malibu and places, mm-hmm. they're basically real estate investment opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this big mansion. It's right. worth $6 million. In 10 years, it'll be worth $12 million, And you're going to pay my mortgage every month because right. I'm your charge. Me 30, I'm charging 30000 for the 12 or 15 people there. And the staff, other than your therapist for a week, or once a week for a therapist, once a week for a counselor, you have a 12-step meeting every day, maybe a yoga class, maybe you get a massage. Now you got like 13 hours left. What do you do the rest of the What time? do you do? And you're sitting around with other people who have these addictive challenges talking it's like it's like prison where the <laughs> prisoners are like sure, t- sure. how to be better better prisoners you know better criminals and so they're bored and 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 you've got really lovingly dedicated people who are young who've been through rehab who now want to help but they don't have the skill sets they need right so one of the things we're saying with this book if you're a rehab counselor get a copy of this book start mm-hmm. doing this stuff with the people in your rehab center if you're an addiction counselor Bridget Lank, who's an addiction counselor, she's a psychotherapist up in um, in San Rafael, is building a whole program around this book. She said, oh, my God, this is what we need. This is what people need. They need a systematic mm-hmm. approach. And that's the thing. If you don't have a system, you know, you went and you played football. Your coach had a system yes. for exercise, for training, for fitness, nutrition, practice, plays, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And if your system worked, you, you won games yeah. and you won championships. And Better systems beat bad systems, right? And so this is a system. And as we said earlier, you could apply this to overeating. You could apply this to pretty much any addiction you wanted. I love it. And I'm curious to to know about the difference between cutting back and cutting out cold turkey. Yes. Is there a better approach to say, you know what? I drink every night two glasses. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll just start with cutting back to one glass a night. Mm -hmm. Or is it better to, you think it's more effective to cut out cold turkey? Which one's the way to go? Whether I'm talking about drinking, smoking, whatever it may be. Two aspects to that. Number one, if you're drinking a lot, you quit cold turkey, you could have seizures. So you should see a doctor. If you're the kind of guy that's drinking like, you know, 12 beers a night Getting or drunk every half a, night. Half a, yeah. yeah, every night there is a possibility of, 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 of DTs, delirious tremens. So you want to check with your doctor, mm-hmm. do a blood test. We tell people that in the first chapter. Sure. If you're a casual drinker, a couple of drinks a night, we think you could just stop and we encourage you to do that. Uh, when I do my breakthrough to success training, which is a seven day training, I tell people, you're not going to drink for seven days. I want you sober here every morning. Yes. You're paying way too much money to yes. come in with a hangover. And if you can't show up and do that, you got a drinking problem, you know. Mm. Um, so it, it's better to stop. And we tell people in this program, we give you a week to stop. And But we don't want you doing this program while you're drinking because you won't get the value out of it. At the end of 30 days, you can assess whether you want to start to try to casually throw another, you know, maybe mm. drink once. And we, we find 5 to 10% of the people that go through this program can quit. Uh, but those, those were the people in the beta test who were serious alcoholics. Yeah. So we haven't tested it yet with people that are just drinking a couple of drinks a night and want to cut back. With that, it might be 20 to 30% could cut back. Sure. According to the statistics, only one out of nine, um, no, nine out of 10 excessive drinkers can actually cut back. Only one can't. 
So it could be that cutting back is a possibility, but we want you to do the program sober. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, if you feel like you want to introduce drinking again, try it. But if you do it the first two times, you get drunk again. You're not a candidate for that. Stop. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what's the difference between thriving in sobriety and just staying sober? Let me just say one more thing about because we talked about different uh, addictions. Um, There was a Harvard uh, psychology professor, William James, famous psychologist, who said, when you're trying to change a behavior, uh, it's best if you go cold turkey, like, you know, you're going to stop smoking, stop drinking, whatever, um, or you're starting a new habit, you know. Make a public declaration. So now everyone around you says, hey, wait, you said you were stopping drinking. You weren't going to eat sugar anymore. You said you were going to exercise, and you're not. You're just sitting here being a lounge lizard, you know, whatever. So, And then have an accountability partner. So on our website, because you mentioned earlier about support, we have a, a forum. We have over a 1,000 people in that forum right now chatting wow. with each other every day, talking about day nine, what comes up for them and how they're dealing with it. And the support is there. Plus, we have a, a psychologist who goes in every week and responds to questions for people sure. um, and um, Dave's wife's actually is a psychologist nice. uh, and I go in and, and comment and give people support and encouragement and answer questions and um, it's it's really important not to try to do this alone so we would say if there's someone else you can do it with great if you want to do it alone because of the shame factor and you want to hide it that's great but if you can find a buddy and when we're doing yeah. a 30-day sobriety solution for or a 30-day sobriety challenge for normal folks who are not excessive drinkers Partner up. We have one woman who is the um, the graphic designer for the book and things. And she said, well, I was reading the book, deciding what the graphic design should look like. And I decided I was going to start a book club on this. And so I got uh, 12 women. We're all not drinking. We're up to 25 now. Wow. We were going to do it for a month. Now we decided we're going to do it for a whole year wow. because I realized – Wine time was about five when the kids were driving me crazy. I'd have my two glasses of wine. But then I was like kind of not really there for them and my husband for dinner. I didn't really want to cook. So now what I do, I go down in the basement. She's got a little bit. It's a fitness instructor and a yoga Uh teacher. So I go down and I work out for an hour. I'm spending more time with the kids. I feel better. I'm writing a book. You know, she's like doing all this stuff now. And so she's got 25 people all in a support group supporting Mm. her Mm. without some of the negative uh, overlay of AA where you feel like you have to go in and tell your drunk, we call it your drunkalog. You know, people Mm. go and tell about the terrible, how they got drunk and lost their job and stuff like that. But it's much more a positive kind of approach. If someone's got an addiction and they know they have it, they've acknowledged it, whether it's drinking, smoking, sex, something, workaholic, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, even fitness addiction, you know, there's people that work out all day. Yeah. You we know, have people addicted to plastic surgery. Of course. Yeah. There's yeah. all sorts of addictions. Yeah. When we realize, okay, there's an addiction that I have that, I'm, that I want to end and I want to move on to something more positive in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you probably have this in here, but is there a, uh, a process you think that everyone should follow in the morning? to get them ready for the day and at night to get them ready for a day, specifically focusing in on that addiction. Is there a, yeah, you want to, you want, you want to get up in the morning and you want to visualize going through the day with not doing the addiction. Okay. Uh, there's something in the, we call it evening review at the end of the day where you close your eyes and you say, where could have I been more on purpose or more on focus for this commitment I have? Oh, you know, you did that thing. You did that thing. You did that thing. Um, and so it just, Checking in, checking in, checking in. Uh, you want to program your day, schedule your day. What are your activities going to be? The problem is, see, if something shows up at 5 o'clock and I'm bored and I don't have anything to do, I'm in Back trouble. Or whatever, and yeah. there's this thing called decision fatigue. 
And there's also something called compassion fatigue. It started, they first learned this where they were doing federal, uh, in prisons where they're doing parole boards. In the morning, 70% of the people who were up for parole got paroled. In the afternoon, it was like anywhere between 10 and 30%, mm. depending on the prison. People got tired of making decisions. They just, oh, screw it, I'm not getting out. Wow. And so what happens is as the day goes on, your willpower wanes. Willpower is like a meter. And so... In the morning, if you're going to do an exercise, if you're adding exercise into your day, do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know, we put your shoes and your running shoes. You have to trip over them before you go into the bathroom. Exactly. And if you have a partner. Wear your shorts, uh, your workout shorts to bed. To bed. There you go. There you go. And so, and then having that accountability partner, uh-huh. someone else you're doing it with that you're, you're, you know, you can have it. Like, you could be my accountability partner for this. I call you every day and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. This is my rule. And at five o'clock, I'm going to do this exercise, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go do a solution in a book, or I'm going to play my guitar for an hour, whatever it is. And we give people 101 alternative activities that bring joy into your life other than drinking in one of the chapters. So you can pick one every day and do it, or you pick one and stay with the same thing every yeah. day. And then, I mean, one of my favorite ones is listening to comedy albums. I mean, there's so many great yeah, comedians now. Go to, go to iTunes and download a comedy album. Yeah, yeah. Just laugh. And laughter secretes endorphins in the brain. Endorphins a natural opiate. You don't need to drink if you're mm. laughing. Mm. You know? Um, and so laughter is, is really important. Um, so laughing is great. And you can do laughter yoga. Have you heard of laughter yoga? No. Laughter yoga is really cool. It was developed by a doctor in India. And he gets people like, and I teach it in my seminars now in the morning. It's like a little warm-up exercise. Mm-hmm. And you just start laughing. <laughs> See how you start Why? to laugh right along with me? And then you do these stupid things like milkshake laughter. You go like, you, you pretend you're making a milkshake. You go, mm, mm. And then instead of drinking it, you just throw it on the other person. You go, ha, 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 ha. And they're throwing theirs on you. Uh-huh. Stupid stuff. Right, right. But now you got 50, 60 people all laughing together. But I can wake up in the morning and just laugh, or I can listen to a comedy thing in the morning uh-huh. and laugh. Uh, the other thing is you want to do a gratitude exercise. One of the things we found, and we were kind of surprised by it. We knew it was important, law of attraction, all mm-hmm. that. But one of the top things when we asked people what was the most important in the book, gratitude. People basically, a lot of them drink because they think their life sucks. But when you really start realizing that half the world lives on $2 a day, your life doesn't suck that bad. Yeah. You know? And we have, look at all the technology that you have Amazing. in this office here and the people that are supporting you and the fact that someone made this table and mm-hmm. someone printed that book and Steve Jobs gave you the computer you <laughs> exactly. got there and it works really well and yeah. you can communicate with people in Singapore. And you can just literally go around the room for five minutes and just appreciate everything. It gets you blissed out. Yeah. So that's a really good thing to do in the morning as well. I love that. And, um, oh, and meditation and breathing. Mm-hmm. Do you have a good breathing? When someone's feeling the overwhelm and they're like, yeah. I really want to drink this right now. Or I really want to eat this or whatever it is. There's a technique. Well, do the cravings, do the tapping. But uh, Andrew Wild, do you know Andrew Wild? No. Andrew Wild is one of the greatest uh, integrative medicine doctors because he's a big white beard. Uh-huh. And uh, I've met him a couple of times. Anyway, he teaches this thing. It's called uh, 478 breathing. And what you do is you start by exhaling and go, Get all the air out. Then through your nose, you inhale to the count of four. And then you hold for the count of seven. And then very slowly through the mouth, exhale for the count of eight. You do four of those. 
Mm. I just did one. I already feel, feel a more little, relaxed <laughs> yeah, more, and a little more energized, yeah, that kind yeah, of like yeah. funny feeling in the head. Sure. So you do four of those uh-huh. and it calms you out. So again, why do people drink? Well, I'm going to have a difficult meeting, you know, or I had a little stress at work today, or I'm going to go home and my wife's going to be on my case because I forgot to clean the garage, whatever. Just do that breathing sitting in the car before you get out or before you walk in the meeting or before the person comes in the door. There's a great quote. I can't, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like, Master the art of breathing, and you have the strength of ten lions or ten tigers yeah, or something like that. I've heard but something like, like that. Yeah, you know, I feel like you know we focus. It's interesting. Someone else said recently, I think on the podcast, you know, we can go however many weeks without food, however many days without water, but we can only go a few minutes without breathing, mm-hmm. and yet we don't focus enough of our attention on breathing and mastering right. breathing. We just it's true. Say, oh, we're just going to breathe. Well, Fritz Perls, who invented the Gestalt therapy, one of the great breakthroughs in therapy said that anxiety is simply excitement without enough breath. Mm. In other words, you know, I'm about to go give a speech. That's exciting. But if I start holding my breath and we always say, don't hold your breath. You know, we say, just breathe, take a (laughs) breath, take a deep breath. We've known this forever. Mm. Take a deep breath, right? Calms us down. It's one of the reasons people smoke. When you smoke, you irritate the alveoli in the lungs, which requires you to then go and breathe deeper. And that the, the nicotine certainly helps, but the other thing that's helping is the deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically, you, know, you look at any athlete before they do like a 100-yard dash, they'll do some right. <laughs> almost like a deep yogic uh, kundalini yoga breath sure. breathing to build up a store of oxygen, and then they'll dive into the pool or whatever. Right. So it's both energizing and relaxing at the same time. There are many breathing techniques, but we love this one by Andrew Weil. Yeah, it's good. So for someone who, you know, who is this for, this book specifically? Is it for people that are only addicted to alcohol? Is it people who have friends who are addicted? Uh, or if you're not addicted to alcohol but you have some other addictions, can they get this as well and what it would apply to them? I think it's for it's for anyone addicted to alcohol for sure. A lot of people are buying this for their fathers, their mothers, their brothers, their children, their sister, their employees, their employer, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but also it's 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 for any, any, any addiction. I mean, we don't talk about other addictions. We say in the beginning it will apply, but we're just going to use alcohol yes. over and over. But the other thing it's for is the social drinker who wants to just get a little more energy. This is the fast track to success. In other words, most people, like you in college, you said, I want to get the yes. most out of these four years. I'm not going to drink. You know? And I know when I'm running a training, I never drink. Yeah. When I'm a, like, I never drink 36 hours before doing something like this or if I'm going to go on TV. Why? Because alcohol stays in your system for 36 hours mm-hmm. before it's totally flushed out. And if you drink consistently, it stays for longer than that because it gets stored in the fat cells. One of the things fat cells do is store toxins that the liver can't process fast enough. It's like putting things in banker's boxes. Mm-hmm. And then when you stop drinking, it goes, oh, now we have time to run those banker's boxes through the shredding machine right, right. And, and detox. So it's for anyone who wants to get healthier, lose weight, ultimately be sexier. Because mm-hmm. I will tell you, if you're a woman and some guy comes, hey, baby, you want to come <laughs> home with me tonight? That is not sexy. You no. think you're sexy, no. but you're not. We have a little uh, poster that we found that's in the book. It says... Um, it says, Dear Wine, uh, you were supposed to make, you says, We need to talk. It says, You were supposed to make me sexier, funnier, a better dancer. I saw the video. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So make sure you guys go get this book. You can get it anywhere books are sold. You can also go to jackcanfield.com. Uh, I think you can opt in to get uh, some extra video training you have on this as well. There also There's a number of free bonuses you can yes. get. Yeah. At jackcanfield.com. Uh, final few questions for you. 
uh, not necessarily related to the book, mm-hmm. but what I ask everyone at the end of uh, my interviews, and I'm not sure if I asked you last time, so we'll see if the, sure. the answers change. Um, first one is, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? Recently, I'm most grateful that my wife has had a major internal shift in her consciousness. Um, she was very judgmental for a long time of how much time I worked and spent on the road doing what I do because I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And she's working with this Buddhist meditation teacher. And through these practices, she's doing called prostrations where every morning she goes down and then goes out like this and then comes back and surrenders her life, you know, to, to Buddha. You could surrender your life to Christ, but mm-hmm. just a higher power. Um, and she has to do 111,000 of these in a year. And she's up to like 22,000 of them. Wow. She does like a couple hundred a day. And all of a sudden, she's now become this total support system for me. She says, uh-huh. I get what you're about. I love you. I love the life you've created for me and our family. And I want you to be successful. And so that has just stopped. And that is like uh-huh. a huge gift in my life. So, wow. so it's that's amazing. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, a lot to be, that's, that's a lot to be grateful for. Right Thank there. you. I love that. Let's say in many, many years, it's your last day. And it's a very happy, healthy, joyful experience. All your friends and family are there. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the 100 New York Times bestsellers you have by then have been erased. Mm-hmm. All the work you've created is gone. All the videos, audios, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, they say, we have nothing else to remember you by except for this piece of paper and pen. And we want you to write down the three things that you know to be true about everything you've learned. The three truths. This is going to be... that the thing that you leave us behind that we're going to remember and apply to our lives forever. We can't read anything else in right. yours. Right. What would be the three truths for you? Choose love, not fear. Anytime you're afraid, just what would the loving action be for myself, for other people, for the animal kingdom and for the planet? What would the loving action be? Um, have more fun. It's, you know, it's, it, you should be enjoying the ride. Joy is your feedback system at your own course. So have more fun, have more joy. If you're not having joy, take a deep breath and figure out where the joy would be and go for it. And the third one would be, um, really, uh, appreciate, well, of everything, but certainly appreciate the people in your life more, you know, express that and, um, be grateful for what you have. Mm, I love that. That's great. Thanks. Um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you, Jack. And I think I did this last time, but I want to acknowledge you again for your consistent commitment to serving the world. I know you're out there. You're passionate about what you're doing. You're training people in a lot of different topics without uh, overcoming addiction, but also teaching people to become the best version they can be, mm-hmm. teaching people to be trainers. You have a lot of different programs and classes going on, and I'm just so inspired by your commitment to uh, you know, continually doing the work. Thank I mean, you. You've done so much, but you continually use yourself as a, a channel to serve so many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to acknowledge you for the incredible gift that you are to the world. So well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. And I, I, I will say back to you the same thing. You're doing it for uh, your generation in a way that's beautiful. So um, I feel that we're, we're a kinship. We're brothers. Yes, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, and the final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Oh, wow. I, you know, for me, when I, when I hear the word greatness, I think of somebody or a team of people who are committed to excellence, who are committed to fulfilling some higher purpose that makes a difference in the world. And it doesn't have to be building schools in Africa. It mm-hmm. could be being the best football player so we all can watch the Super Bowl and really enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. or it could be the best helmet maker so fewer concussions happen out on the field. But someone who is committed to really being everything they can be 
to, you know, as uh, Bertrand Russell said, you know, getting to the end of their life and there's not one little bit of wax left in the candle that they have been fully used up and burned up in the service of uh, some higher ideal. Mm. Jack Canfield, thanks for going on. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Lewis. Thanks for having me. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 296. Go ahead and share that out. Uh, and also leave a comment on the blog back at that link. Let me know what you thought about this, if you found it valuable, and maybe the most interesting thing you heard today in this episode. Go ahead and leave a comment there. Also, make sure to check out all of Jack's stuff, his book, and everything else. It's all back on the show notes. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We've got some incredible guests coming up each and every week. We've got some great people coming on. I'm so pumped for you to get more inspiring people in front of your ears so you can listen to what they have to say. And I do my best every single day to improve my skills to become the best interviewer I can possibly be to get the information out of the people I bring on that they don't share anywhere else. It's my goal to get them to open up in ways that they would never open up on any other interview or they're in, even in person. So hopefully you guys acknowledge that and can see and recognize that I'm going to continue to give you my best and make you better in the process. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.